So I, I love what Kirsty said about church being weird. Because um, I've gone through my whole life thinking that church is weird. I'm glad that somebody else does too. Um, but I think it actually ties in really well with this, this whole idea of uh, what we've been talking about for the last three weeks about this, this idea of being better together. But I think what, what she sort of inspired me with this morning was this whole idea that being better together isn't actually about us. It's about allowing God to operate in us. And I think a lot of people have this, this misconception that we, we come to church as a group in, in some way to convince God that he should turn up and minister to us. That as, you know, we, we, we love scriptures like, you know, where, where two or more are gathered, I am in their midst. So we get this feeling that it, there's power in gathering because then God will turn up. But I think what we forget is that we are basically, every single one of us, a temple of the Holy Spirit. We carry God within us. So as soon as one of us walks into this building, God is there. With all of us in this building, God is here in every single one of us. We, we, we should stop inviting God into this place, because if we're here, he's already here. I mean, it's, it's redundant at the very best. It's insulting at, at worst. And I think, as a, in that case, you know, if God's inside every single one, why are we getting together? Why can't we just do it at home? I mean, over the last two years, the question's been answered. Well, you can do it at home. And you must do it at home for a large proportion of it. But I think, and, and what, we've, what we haven't lost is the fact that God is in that. But what we have lost is the exchange of what God has done in us with each other. And I think, has anybody ever seen the movie Walking Chaos? Good, it means I can tell you what. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a quirky movie. I think it's on Amazon Prime at the moment if you want to go and watch it but it's a an, a strange movie about a, a a it's a science fiction sort of movie there's a there's a a, a girl a girl played by daisy ridley if you've watched star wars you'll know who she is um lands on a crash lands on a planet um because she's a, an advanced scout for a a colony ship that's just uh sort of at, orbiting the planet to see whether it's habitable, except that they're the second wave, the first wave of settlers has already landed. And so her job is to find the first wave of settlers and connect with them. But unbeknownst to the people on the ship, what has happened on the planet is that the planet has affected the settlers such that the men cannot hide their thoughts from anyone. They appear over their heads as as sort of like white noise where everything they think, or appear, think appears in picture form above their heads. Which of course has made life very interesting. The other thing that's made it interesting is this did not happen to the women. And what happens is she ventures on a colony which is only men. And they claim that the aliens who, or, or the original occupants of the planet have killed the women and they're on a vengeance crusade to kill all the aliens who have killed their women. It turns out of course that the men killed the women because they 
became suspicious of the fact that they couldn't read women's minds, but men, women could read men's minds. I don't know why they were upset. That's been true for, for <laughs> millennia. But the interesting thing was, is that they were led by a, a man who had learned to, to hide his thoughts. He'd, he'd basically, he, he'd developed a thought pattern. You could see his thoughts. Basically, he thought, I am a circle, I am a circle. And all you could see was he had a protective barrier up around there. And the, 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 off, the upshot of it was that he, he convinced all, all the other men to kill the women because he was a, he was a coward. Basically, he didn't want people to know his innermost thought. Now, I, who, who wants anybody to know their innermost thoughts? I can, I can see the motivation there. But I think it's a, it's a great example of actually why we come together. Because when we come together, we've got God inside every single one of us. And he's trying to get out to connect with other people. And I think in the same way that these, these men desperately put up barriers to try and avoid having their thoughts read, and in the end sort of got so suspicious that they, they killed anybody whose minds they couldn't read, that, we have to, that, that is why God gets us into community. He, he, it's okay, we've accepted Jesus Christ and he's on the inside of us and we can speak to him. But how we interact with other members of our community depends very much on how much we are willing to let down the walls and let God inside us out. And I think that's why community is so powerful. And this is why we've been talking about this, this whole idea over the last three weeks of why we build community. And it's not just this good idea that we get together for a weird clapping hands, singing songs, speaking in strange tongues get together that we do on Sundays. Because otherwise, that, as Kirsty said, is really weird. You, sh you should stop it. <laughs> but God had other plans. He brings us together to do that. And what, uh, what we're doing in community, what we're doing with what we do in church, even the weird stuff, is to set an atmosphere where we can let down the walls so that God inside of us can in interact with God inside of other people. Because that is what the community outside these walls sees. And that's why doing a church online is hamstrung. It only gives us one side of the equation. It's like, you know, people talk about the cross, the vertical beam being our connection with God and the horizontal one being our connection with each other. Uh, online church gives us that one. I'm using the right finger. But we miss out on that one. And that's why I think getting together in church is, is so important and getting together together with God is, is incredibly important. And at the end of this service, I'm actually going to give us uh, an opportunity to actually start practicing that togetherness and that, that spiritual connection with one another on an open altar here at the end of the service. But before we do that, I just want to talk, uh, wrap up what we talked about with uh, why community is important. We talked about the fact that Jesus had given us himself with his sacrifice on the cross, but he gave of himself so that we could form the church. I mean, people will say that God, Jesus didn't start the church. In fact, there's a, there's a great little message that I, I listened to recently that Jesus was not a Christian, which of course is quite true. <laughs> uh, and sometimes we treat Jesus as a Christian, but he wasn't. Uh, he was Jewish. But his death on the cross paved the way for us to build the church. And he, he wanted us to do that um, 
you know, it, I think Luke 24:47 said that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of Jesus' name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem and that there's forgiveness of sin for all who repent. And that was the message that Jesus wanted to get out and that is the message that we as a church um, need to be broadcasting to people. Carmen in week two talked about how, how, how we're called to do this, how we're called to not just be together but live together. And she talked about how you know, the, the apostles got together and, and the crowds that came and got saved uh, adhered and listened to the teaching of God. They had the fellowship with one another. The breaking of bread and prayer were the four main aspects of life together as a community. And, and last week we talked a, a little bit about why we do this. Is it, is it just a, a good idea to get together or did God ordain it? And we talked, you know, even from Je- the first words of Genesis, God said that's not good that man should be alone. And, uh, and so that was just the beginning, of course. They became a tribe and a family and a nation. And, and we are, we're here where we are now, quite different from what God saw with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And we, I think our struggle in, in the modern church is to decipher what of the original ideas that we still hold on to and which we have to adapt to a totally different way of living, a totally different culture, a totally different world, and in fact, a totally different worldview. Not only has the worldview of the world outside the church changed, but the worldview of people in the church has changed. We actually know more, at least we think we know more, than people in, in Jesus' time. Uh, and we certainly talk a lot more. Uh, in Shakespeare's day, the English language, uh, and I don't know the exact numbers on this, you can Google it, um, was only about uh, 128,000 words. Uh, the English language today contains over half a million. And so our, our language has become more complex because of the knowledge that we, we've got. But we've got to be careful how we use that knowledge because that can be used to build or to destroy communities. And so what I wanted to do this morning was just interview a few people about their idea of how they interact, not just in our community, but in the broader church community. Because for those of you who aren't aware, uh, three, four weeks ago now, I can't Seems such a long time ago. Uh, we, there was a, a national conference for C3. And uh, Vicky and I and, and uh, four or five other members of our church, uh, including that crying baby, um, w- went along uh, to this conference in Hobart. And from a local church perspective, I, I know that those of you who didn't go have no idea what happened, have no idea what the impact uh, is going to be on you, if any, uh, and what the impact was on, on the people there. And I, I think it's, it's, it's important to recognise that conferences like this are not just a junket for the pastors. They're not just somewhere where you go and you, know, you, have, you have dinner out uh, for the first time in 20 years or what, no, well, since the last conference. Um, it, it's actually an, a, a place where the, the larger community actually feeds into people so that we can have an impact in a smaller community called the church. And so I, I want to invite those people up there uh, now and uh, start to ask them some questions. And while they're doing that, um, I want you just to watch 
the promo that was put together for this particular conference, and I want to talk about that promo uh, afterwards. So can I ask those people to come forward, and while they're doing that, turn your eyes to the screen. Try and avoid looking at us. <laughs> Is the sound with the video? <laughs> Thank you. If you'd like to come up on the stage. Now, while these people are coming, who, who enjoyed that video? Who recognised anybody on it? The only person from this church that appeared on that video was Elliot. And uh, we couldn't get her up on stage because uh, she was a bit shy. And I'm not sure... Well, no, but what she got as a four-year-old, she wasn't invited, yeah. Um, and the reason we didn't show that straight after conference and tell you all what an exciting time we had, was that we've come to realise that videos like that are, are actually really exciting for those of us who've, be, who've been, because it re reminds us of uh, what a good time we had. For the rest of you, it's like, who are these people? Uh, and, and what's going on? And, and why am I supposed to get excited about this? What am I supposed to get out of it? And so we, we haven't, apart from that time there, played it except in the pre-roll in the morning if, you're, if you come early. Uh, you'll be able to see it. Um, just a plug there for uh, the, the pre-service reel. Um, but I think what, what that sort of video doesn't tell you is what those of us who went, and uh, Carmen and uh, Brendan also went, but uh, Carmen's in C3 Kids and Brendan's making sure that people online can see what we're doing here. Um, but I think there's a, there's a concept that going to conferences is, is something which is for leadership, that imparts information, that uh, is sort of something that 
common folk don't go to, uh, which is wrong. Um, but it actually has quite a, a vital role and, and a, a great impact in building our own church community, if only for the fact that it exp- expands our minds to recognise that we were actually part of a much bigger, much more diverse community, uh, full of ideas. I mean, Vicky and I go to conferences, uh, hopefully each year, to get our mind blown by people doing things that we hadn't thought of in places that we've never been, uh, with ideas that we would never have come up with, um, to promote and to um, advance the kingdom of God. And it gives us ideas of how we can bring things back uh, and impact our own church. And so what, what, uh, these guys came along with us, and I just want to get a... a, a a feel for you or or get their voices into what they got from the conference on a personal as well as a a ministry level. Uh, These guys are all in uh, forms of uh, ministry and help in the church. Some of it it is so behind the scenes that you may not even know it exists, but it impacts what happens on a Sunday. And I'm going to start with Jordan because Jordan's impact, I guess, is fairly obvious. He stands up here and he, he's our music director and leads our worship. And so as, as the music director, um, how, how does conference impact what happens here with us on a Sunday? And how does it impact you as uh, a, our, our worship leader to bring what you bring on a Sunday? Yeah, so I think for like some real super exciting practical things, it's always great to see and talk to and hear what other churches are doing from a music and songs perspective because there's so many songs out there and and there's an expectation, I think, that everyone thinks that I've seen and listened to and heard every single worship song that exists. Um, I give it a shot, but I it's, did, not, I did. it's not It's not true. So it's great to have it like somewhat curated by people already for you. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and also then recognising different church contexts. Some people are going to do based on their culture and their city where they are. Some songs will work for them and won't work for us. You know, sometimes some of the ones we see coming out of like C3 SYD, because they're northern beaches, it's a little like surfy, which kind of doesn't really work here. Um, we're not really that surfy. So, <laughs> so I think True. from a practical level, there's that stuff. Just seeing, seeing what songs have something on them and seeing them done in a live context and, and how different worship leaders take them into a different space. And, you know, they're never doing the song the same way every time. There's always something different happening. And how do they use it? And they flow into ministry. Seeing all of that is, it's always really great to keep my mind opened and keep looking for those possibilities of things. I mean, personally, it's also great because I'm not on the band. Um, so, so for me, it's, it's a great like, time to just go and refresh and soak and enjoy that rather than having to, you know, as much as I love being up here, it's, it's also different being on mm. and carrying that burden versus just going and soaking and enjoying it. Yeah. How, how do you, when, when you come to creating the songs that we do here, how do you assess what songs will help us the most? I'll just throw a dart at a dartboard. No, um, so there's a certain <laughs> element of... Going, like, you know, we, we talk and, like, the rest of our leadership team, we, we have conversations and we talk about 
what's going on in the church. And so then I'm looking out for songs that are going to encourage us in that. So are we in entering a time of faith where we need something that's really declarative, that's talking about the promises and what we're seeing and what God does? Or do we need some songs that have that reflective element where we can just come and sit and rest in his presence? Or sometimes there's ones that just like you or Pastor Vicky or someone will say, I really want to do this song. And that's also great because I don't like making decisions. So, <laughs> so that, that, that definitely helps me. That's, that's good. Um, <laughs> um, I was going to the other question. As a music director in a, in a sort of smaller church, do you feel that you, you get to contribute at these gatherings as well, or do other people ask you questions, and do you get to, to speak into other people's lives? Yeah, so there's normally, in the past there have been, and there was this time as well, there's, there's typically a time where they get people in certain ministry areas to gather together and have a meal. So we had a breakfast this time, and I've been to previous years, and we've had sessions, and, and so you build, start building relationships with people in all other churches. And no matter the size of the church, it's just, it's really interesting because everybody does stuff slightly differently and you mm. start learning and everyone's, we're all really keen, I think, to know what other people are doing because yeah. <laughs> it's also like different stages. Like I know talking to people in some, you know, talking to the music directors in the C3 church in Brisbane, like they've got obviously a much bigger team and they're doing like recording some of their own, their own songs that they're writing and so then it's, seeing how do they start doing that or then how do they manage normal rosters or normal team and being on and like there's all of that balance and then talking to other people who are managing it across multiple right. locations and so you go oh doing a roster for one location that's not too bad um <laughs> so some of those things where it's just so, so a roster's an issue <laughs> perennially um <laughs> But it's also then great because then people want to know what you're doing. Yeah. Because just because they've got maybe more admin or, you know, a bigger team, that doesn't mean that all of their issues go away or everything just works smoothly for them. Yeah. So there's... Sometimes they multiply. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's like a real, like, collegiate collaboration that happens where we just all want to know what everyone else is doing and, and get those ideas. Because, you know, like, you're talking to people in from like Canberra to Cairns, like the way that they're doing stuff is very different everywhere you go. Hmm. And so it's always great to see and then say, oh, here's what I've done. Or yeah, I've had a problem like that before. Here's how we fixed it. Or here's what we're doing. Yeah, good. Kirsty, uh, you do a lot of stuff, um, uh, planning, um, service leading and, and stuff like that. But I mean, one of your main uh, responsibilities is in our small groups or, or dinner parties. Mm -hmm. How, how, how did, well, okay, so how did that come about and how has that progressed and, and how have you changed what you do based on what the larger community is doing? I think going back, I don't think it was the, um, the national conference, but at a conference, Many years ago, there was like a breakout session um, about dinner parties that we went... Um, actually, maybe it was the National Conference. Can't remember, and it doesn't matter. Um, there was a session on that um, run by Josh and Georgie Kelsey who started dinner parties at C3 NYC. And lots of... Not, not every C3 church does it. Some still call it connect groups or whatever they want to call it. Um, but the idea of doing the dinner parties. So, yeah, I remember going along to one of those and hearing more about it and really feeling like it was something that we wanted to do back here. 
Right. And how have they evolved since we first started them? <laughs> I'd probably say, like, they've gone from being like, okay, this is exactly how they do it and the structure and we've got it, like, let's do it exactly like this to realising we're a small church and it doesn't actually need to be as... Um, Regimented? Like regimented, yeah, good word. <laughs> um, as how they might need to run it in a, in a bigger church like C3 NYC or, or um, anywhere else that's bigger. So it's sort of, I think we've relaxed on things and realised that what the main thing is, is, is gathering people together and right. having that community together in people's homes. Um, and that being around dinner, that's one thing that hasn't changed. But how we actually um, outwork that and, and with our dinner party crew, like how we work with them and encourage them. Um, they know the people that they've got in their in their groups and so, you know, there's been a lot more of like, figure out what, you've right. got the freedom to figure out what works for you. It doesn't have to be exactly like this because that's the way that it started. Right. Yeah. So, so the, it's, the idea... It's devolved. Yeah, well, the, the <laughs> idea came from the larger community yeah. but in the smaller community we've had to yeah. adapt. Work out how it works for us, yeah. Because yeah, like Jordan's experienced yeah. with with the music team, it doesn't necessarily go, well, this this is a formula that's going to work for everybody. Yeah. That's, yeah, things True. work like that. So, Ben, how have you improved the coffee? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, I don't Didn't think... Didn't need to. Well, good answer. Because um, Ben, for those of you who don't know, is part of our, our technical team as well as our barista uh, coordinator. Um, is in charge of the lighting as much as anything. And the, there's, a, there's a growing push in the sort of social media world of churches to um, sort of question whether things that we do on stage, lighting, uh, the sound, uh, the, the backgrounds, uh, he's also a graphic designer, I shouldn't forget, uh, are, are showy and unnecessary and not actually... Um, uh, promoting Jesus, how, how do you respond to that, and how, and how do you actually <laughs> uh, get the balance right from experiencing something in the wider community and bringing it home? Well, I think those kind of things that are sometimes considered flashy and stuff, uh, you know, they bring. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Jared. <laughs> They really, that's what establishes part of the atmosphere. I mean, part of it's the music, but if you had the music in a dark room or something, it's not going to be quite the same. And usually for me, conferences are about going to see what the bigger churches are doing, how, how they're bringing the atmosphere. And I mean, conferences always got such a stronger atmosphere than, mm. you know, general church normally does because of, you know, everyone there. But... Um, <laughs> Normally, for me, it's, it's, it's going and going, oh, you know, I wish we could do this, I wish we could do that. You know, look at, their, look at their lights. How good is all this? We can never meet these standards. But um, funnily enough, for conference this year, I actually found it more of an encouragement of, hey, we're doing this stuff, you know? Like, hmm. we're on par with some of the stuff they've got. Our graphics are up there. Our, our lighting is definitely up there, you know. There were, normally I come back and I, Jared can probably attest to this, I say, you know, we've got to do this, we've got to get these, we've got to upgrade these lights, blah, blah, blah. But this year I would say it was a huge encouragement that we're, we're up there, we're on par with, with what they're bringing. So. How, how do you make 
Do you, do you coordinate with the music team when it comes to actually setting an atmosphere for different songs? Not really. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean okay. we do. I guess we probably don't coordinate in terms of verbally, but we create the, right. the scenes and the lighting with, you know, during rehearsals. Or, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you, you come along to rehearsals yeah, yeah, and it's not, you, you learn the songs as much yeah, yeah. as the musicians do yeah, that's and true. learn the flow and come to sound check in the morning and know, know what we're doing with yeah, the songs exactly. so then you can mirror and work with that. Yeah. So it's a fairly natural cooperation. Yeah. So. We don't. There's We're no planning. planning. Okay. But ultimately, Kirstie's it's a team. not on that team. Ultimately, it's a team, and yes. everyone has their place in that team, and yeah, it all works. We understand what together. Jordan's trying to bring in the morning, and mm. we try and reflect that in what we're doing with lighting. And yeah. As people who lead worship, and either Georgia or Kirsty, or both can answer this, how does watching the worship uh, at a conference impact what you do here on a Sunday morning? Please don't say not at all. It absolutely does. It does. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting because there's part of it that is, as Jordan touched on, it's about um, gr like giving ourselves time to soak and to um, fill our cup, if you like, um, in which case then we can come back and we can now give back to right. our church. Um, but it's also seeing how other people do things, what they say, how they move, how they interact, how they um, show what they're doing. Um, because worship is a personal thing, but in our situation, it's a very public thing. And so we need to be able to show our worship to God in a way that's not weird, that's not off-putting, that's not... Um, you know, turning people away from God or we don't want to sing the wrong things that make people cringe and there's all sorts of different we aspects. We want it to be encouraging to the We want to be encouraging. To join with yeah. Us. yeah. And it's really interesting and, and it's always a good thing to see how other people are doing that and also to see that you might hear a recording of a song but that doesn't mean that you need to sing it and lead it in that way that it's recorded. You yeah. can put your own spin on it. You can make it um, more you more yeah. in the same church. way you see what they do and it's not about going oh they did that i'm going to copy that no. but it encourages us to then do exactly that like oh they did it a little bit differently to the recording and that was really great what could i do to take this like where it goes for me you know and take people yeah. along with that yeah yeah like we're learning a song this afternoon that I'm very excited to learn. Um, it's a Kari Job song and I usually am in love with Kari Job and I don't get me wrong, I still am. But the version that we did at conference of this song just had something on it that I really want to try and bring back here mm -hmm. that was not something that I got from the recording. So it's just yeah. interesting to see different ways and pull back different things um, to try and encourage you all <laughs> um, in, in your worship and your personal experience with God and yeah. ultimately we're trying to help you get into his presence um, and connect with him and so we get to see different ways in which people do that and get encouraged ourselves. Awesome. Um, did you want to add to that? No, that's good. Good? Because uh, I think we pr probably should stop there. There's a lot of other things we could talk about. But hopefully you can see that there's, there's an interaction that goes on at conference, which although you guys may not go to, and uh, you, you, you may not 
see what goes on there or, or, or hear what happens behind the scenes. But I just wanted to just give you an example of the fact that there is a, an interaction, a transaction that goes on at these uh, events which brings the, the culture of a, a worldwide organisation that uh, a lot of you aren't going to have a lot of contact with. But it, it is something that, you know, the, the whole idea that we are C3 uh, is something which percolates down uh, into our church. You know, we as a leadership team feel that we're part of C3 and we hope that we actually, the things that we pass on help make you feel that you're not just part of our local church, but you're part of something bigger that's having an impact worldwide through people that you don't know, but have the same vision for expanding the kingdom of God to lifting the name of Jesus Christ up in their communities and to um, just get people um, saved. Uh, and you know what we do at church on Sundays is, is a, a big part of that. So thank you guys. Give them a hand as they uh, exit stage right or left. I can never remember what it is. <laughs>